easy to those watching, those who are maybe struggling a little bit or know that they can do more, but they're just not, what would you tell them? Um, I would say, don't be afraid to fail. I feel like um, I've failed a lot in this business. I'll look back and I'm like, oh, I didn't follow up with this person and they bought. Or I was really bad on the listing presentation they listed with someone else. But I, whenever those things happen, I reach out and I'm like, well, why did you choose the other agent? And I just try to get better and better. And I think that's really huge is just always keep growing. And, you know, like even with me in social media, I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. But I was like, you know what? I need to do this. It's going to help, you know, just always feel like you can, you know, get better and grow and learn from other people. I learned from everyone. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Happy Agent Podcast. I am Jeff Beggins, and I got a couple co-hosts today. We got my brother, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Craig Beggins here, ready to serve and please. With a beautiful and Mike fancy. Puma. And Mike Puma, dressed up with a sports jacket on today. Feeling fancy. Well, I wanted to impress uh, Susie, so this is 100% for her. That's awesome. I'm impressed. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we have Susie Brigman with us today. Susie's from our South Tampa office and is quite an interesting person, right? We'll just <laughs> <laughs> and with a, a really cool story. She's got a great personality. She's got um, unbelievable client testimonials. She's just an all-around really cool, happy agent. And so we're happy to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for joining us, Susie. Yeah, Thank you for having me. I think it's really fun because you're one of the people that I see, you know, Jeff talks about this all the time. We are, we are super stoked and motivated when we watch some people make their lives better, right? And since you joined our company, you, you've become a whole different person. I mean, from yeah. used cars to owning, a, renting houses to owning a house. I remember you bought your first Mercedes. Um, just all kinds of cool stuff that has happened to you along the way. And now you're at a whole different level and a whole new path. So. Can't wait to hear I'm a you. Second You're a second Mercedes. Yep. Plus, you bought your boyfriend a car. Huh? Plus, you bought your boyfriend a car. Yep. Sports <laughs> car. All right. So, take us back to before today. You're having great success right now. We're proud to have you as, as part of the company here. But let's go back to the New York version of you before you even thought about Tampa. Before you thought about getting into real estate. Where does Susie's story? start and how did it lead you here to Tampa? I always find these stories fascinating. So turn it over to Susie, tell us your story. So I grew up in a very small town in New York. Um, I decided to move to Florida. My brother was already living here. I visited him one time and made the move. I was living more in the Orlando area. I was dating my son's father and we had a baby. We moved to Tampa to actually open up a restaurant. So I helped him open up um, a little restaurant near USF. So I got into the restaurant business, you know, doing that. And then I moved to Cheesecake Factory. Once I started getting a little bit older, I wanted to develop a career and, and really focus on, you know, developing myself and, you know, getting beyond a cap. You know, once you're in a certain career field, you can only make a certain amount of money. 
So I wanted to get about that, live a better life. And I always wanted to get into real estate and I always had excuses like, oh, my son's little, I have to stay home with him, I have to have a set schedule. Um, I knew it was going to be difficult to start that business. You wouldn't make money right away. So I went into work one day and one of the guys at work was like, hey, I just got my real estate license. And I looked at him and I was like, this guy is an idiot. I was like, he, he got his real estate license? I was like, so I was like, well, I can definitely do that. So the next day I signed up for classes. I did night classes and I got my license. And I kind of, I started at Keller Williams. I was working under a team, a large team, and I was just basically their ISA. So I would call leads for them and set up appointments. And I started realizing, like, they're making money. I'm making this much, kind of where I was before. I want to move to something different. So I started looking at different brokerages. I had a couple in mind. I went into Century 21 list with Beggins and it was, I just walked in and I felt great. Um, I met John Lum um, and I met a couple of the agents there and it just felt like a really good fit. I didn't even interview any other brokerages. I was just like, I want to be here. And that's kind of how it started. That's kind of the gut feel. I remember when he first came over, I remember um, talking with you when he first started and saying, man, you're spending your whole career, your whole days are, are prospecting. But that's the toughest thing to do in this business is what you've been doing, right? Is just jumping on the phone and setting appointments. And I said, if you're, you're able to do that, right? Wait till you just do that for yourself. And then it just now the whole business plan changed to how are you going to present and close? Because it's one thing to have the ISA role, which is generate leads and set appointments. But then the whole, as you know now, that there's a whole lot that happens after the appointment happens. Right. Once you actually get the thing. So that was kind of the cool learning curve, um, current curve for you. So I, w- I want to back up for a second. So go back to, to, were you at Cheesecake Factory from pretty much the whole time you worked from Tampa until you got your real estate license? Pretty much. I was there for about seven years. Okay. And that time goes by quickly. Yeah. Well, were you in executive management or you were serving? I was serving, but I was um, a designated trainer. So I got really good shifts. I worked Monday through Friday days. I would train other servers that came in. They offered me management. I just, I didn't want to do it with the schedule that they had. I do want to point out though, that if she can teach, if you can learn that menu, which is like 700 pages long at Cheesecake Factory, you can pretty much learn anything. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) But that's a lifestyle that's addictive too, right? Because the hours are easy or easy to have a nice lifestyle, right? It's cash business. It's good business. It's a very busy restaurant that you were working in. And so it's easy to have one year turn into two, turn into seven, right? Turn into 15, right? Turn into 20 because mm-hmm. you see it happen to the people you were working with over there. So something happened that, caused you to say enough's enough I need to change do what what happened because other than the the guy getting his license there must have been the thoughts there so what, what was kind of some drive to ha- cause you to make that change I I guess I just really wanted more um you know I just felt like I had bought my first house you know and I, I loved it and I was like you know now that I've reached that goal 
I think I can do more. Like I, I kind of had always been into the goal setting, but they were small. Like I never really thought really big, um, you know, and just seeing that I could accomplish certain things in life, even small things. I was like, well, maybe I can do something bigger. Um, you know, maybe I should do this. I'm just going to, I'm just going to try it. You know, what's the harm? That's most people don't want to take. And it's has a safety net because you knew that did you did you completely quit that job to do real estate or did you keep that job and still start real estate? Yeah, I did it part time in the beginning and then I yeah. felt like if I keep this part time, I'm never gonna be able to really do real estate if I always have that backup. Same situation we had with Kalani. We were, we were talking with one of the last podcasts that we did. It's, uh, it's hard to, to straddle two decisions, right? It's hard to try it part-time and decide to be really good. You really can't. Um, now, what you can do is you can sell yourself on the idea because once you're kind of part-time toes in the water, as long as you could see some success, then you can build yourself up to the confidence to make that leap and say, I got to go. But you always knew, worst case scenario, you can go get that job back or go work in another place if you had to. So you did, you did have that. But the lifestyle choices were the big difference there. Mm-hmm. So, so you left there, which was a pretty a good job. I mean, ISA, you're constant leads. You always have stuff to do, and you always have calls to make. So to make that decision was a little bit of a stretch, too, because now you're into the unknown. Right. And I think you felt that we were not going to let you fall, even if this the stuff you didn't know because you're surrounded by people that cared about you. Right. So how did your new business career start? So here you are, you've got phase one of the business down, you know how to prospect and generate, generate appointments. So how did you do as a brand new agent? What were some doubt, fears and anxieties and stumbling blocks you fit you hit when you first started? Um, I think it was once I got the appointment, I had to actually go on the appointment and know the scripts and know what to say and be able to answer those questions. You know, like, you know, it, even in the listing agreement, what does this mean? What is it? I had to really learn that. Um, whereas before I would just make the appointment and someone else would go on it. Um, you know, and in the beginning I started working with Jessica and that was kind of nice too, because we were both somewhat new, but we both had strengths and weaknesses in different areas. So we could kind of fall back on each other. We could go door knocking together and it just made it a little bit easier to kind of start that way. I want to go back to that because I think it's really important and I think it helped both of your careers a lot because they, you didn't team up, right? You thought about teaming up. Remember we were going to joke and you're going to be the salt and pepper team, all the other things you had around, but really what you became was um, accountability partners. And yeah. I think that worked out really well because talk, talk to people what you did. You guys said, you guys held each other accountable and you said, we're going to come to the office and we're going to do things till a certain time. And you gave each other a lot of crap if you didn't show up which you felt like you left the other one down. So how important was that? Because that worked for a while. I mean, you two, the two of you really did that and you were dedicated um, until you weren't. But I think that until you weren't part was when you felt comfortable and you could do things on your own. So go back to that period and, and look back and see how do you think that helped you? So we would have a period of time. We'd be like, okay, we're going to meet at the office at eight o'clock. We're going to start our phone calls and we're not allowed to get up until each of us makes 20 contacts or whatever it was set for that day. So sometimes it would take an hour and a half. Sometimes it would be three hours. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And you just dial, dial, dial. And that person sitting across from you would make sure that you did it. 
you know, and I, I think that really helps. And, and I think we still kind of have that. Um, I do, you know, we still call each other. Um, I actually called her yesterday, especially with trying to get each other motivated with social media. I was like, Hey, I haven't seen any posts in a while. And she's like, yeah, I know I'm going to post something today. She's like, it has been a while, you know, and vice versa. So, um, you know, and there are a couple agents in our office that we do that with each other. That's something that I really believe is important because when you were in ISA world, you had people telling you what to do. You had mm -hmm. to make those phone calls. You had to hit that time period because that was your, your job, right? to do it. And then you enter the independent contractor world. Now, all of a sudden you're your own boss. If you slept in, no one's going to yell at you. We might give you a little bit of up, but no one's going to yell at you because that's your prerogative. And then, so you were able to find, fall into that independent contractor trap where you can't really do, you didn't have to do anything. So you guys called each other out on your crap and said, you need to come in and make things happen. Which right. I know really worked. You guys got a couple good listings together. I remember a couple mm -hmm. you know, million dollar listing, you got some other good ones together and, and it and helped. So mm -hmm. what was the evolution? Because I know that there were times you guys didn't do it because I remember coaching with you both going through the issues and the excuses as to why you didn't do the contacts because it's tough. It's tough to keep that consistency up on a day in, day in, day in, day out basis until you started getting some goals. So talk about you because I know you're very goal, goal oriented now, things that you want to do. Mm -hmm. So what happened to you? Let's talk about the progression on, on your career because to where you are today. So what happened from the time you were standing together with accountability to where you are now? Well, like you said, doing our dream board every quarter really helps. Um, you know, I have everything I want to do, my vacations, the cars I want to buy, and I keep checking them off the box. And the only way I can do that is if I keep my business going. Um, I think a big part of our company that really helps is our hot sheet. When I look at the daily hot sheet and I'm not on there, I'm like, Oh God, I got to do something. I got to go out. I got to send out flyers. I got to call people. I got to call my past clients. I have to door knock, whatever it is, because I see people on there and I'm like, Oh, they're doing something. I better be doing something too. Secret. That's why we do it. <laughs> For those who are not with our company, talk about the hot sheet and what that is and how, what do you think? It, why do we do it? Okay, well, two things. One, our agents do a transaction. It's in dot loop, and they submit for review. And then our compliance team does everything else. We update the MLS. We do all this stuff. We put an extension on the back office system called Dash. And then we actually, one of our agents helped us out and wrote a program. And Century 21 gave us a special feed. Every morning at 8 o'clock, they send us a feed of what we put into Dash yesterday. And that gets printed into a format and it comes out and says hot sheet for today. And actually I can, I probably showed you. It said um, today, I think it was 15. We had 15 new sales. We had like six new listings and 10 closings yesterday. And then we, below that, it says new listing. Susie with Zygmunt listed one, two, three, any street for this much money. And it calls out individually agents who did it. And if we're allowed to disclose the price, it discloses the price. And then the closings, of course, Susie had a closing at one, two, three, Andy street for X amount of dollars. So it, I, that's my favorite thing of the day too. The rest of my, that my mood for the rest of the day is determined by what that hot sheet is. Sometimes I think the lowest we've ever had is like four or five, but we had, we had 25 on Monday. But that's only recently with all this COVID. Um, and I think that's a huge motivator now too, even with what's going on, 
our market is still really strong. And I try to explain that to my out-of-state buyers because they're, they're like, well, you know, on a national level, I'm like, you can't relate Tampa to a national level. We're just, we're a different entity. Or the Bahachi. <laughs> yeah, I want to. I want to touch on something real quick, though, because I think you you kind of passed over it. But the accountability part of this, not only to you and Jessica, but even with what you're doing with the hot sheet, is something that I think everyone needs to take a look at. It's subtle, but the reality is we do this in many aspects of our life. If you are finding yourself, those watching, where you're just not, you're not able to get to where you want to be, Try holding yourself accountable to somebody else. There's a lot of us have a difficult time only being accountable to ourselves. We need to be accountable to someone else. And then you go to a whole new level. It's the reason that you hire a trainer when you go to the gym. Most people, you could watch a YouTube video on how to lift properly, right? But you want someone that's there that's saying, hey, you better be here at Monday at 8 a.m. to do this workout, right? And then we're going to do this prescribed workout and they're holding you accountable. It's why you find more success when you use someone like that. You're doing the same thing, right? You've, you've discovered yourself aware enough to know that, Hey, you know what? If I really want to make sure that I'm posting consistently, which you've been doing a great job of recently. Um, if I want to make sure I'm doing those things, I need to hold myself accountable, not just to myself, but I need somebody else to hold, to be accountable for that. And so, it's a little nuance that I think you're just doing, but it's something that really is a strategy and you're probably doing it somewhere else in your life. And so that hot sheet is now serving as that where it's motivating you because you're now accountable to make sure you're on there and to make sure Craig doesn't cry in the afternoon. So, um, you know, but that's just a subtle nuance that I want to point out. I don't cry. I just call all the ages. What the hell are you working on? <laughs> What are you doing with your life? <laughs> so, so, so talk about how you grew, how your business kind of evolved. How did, who were you calling? What were you calling? Um, and then where, where's your business evolved to today? Like your sources of business. So let's, let's go back, go back to the beginning when you first came on here. What was your Emma? Who were you calling? 20 contacts a day to who and to what and for why? So I really liked working expired listings. So that was, a huge part of my business in the beginning. That was where a lot of my phone calls were kind of focused on. Um, but I did just listed, I did just sold calls and not even on listings that I sold just within our company. And I would just call that neighborhood. Um, I would call, you know, if we were doing an open house, anything like that, I would just call anybody pretty much, but really expired listings. We'll, we'll pause that because it wasn't just anybody because I remember there's some strategy behind this. We were talking about how we wanted to have a higher price point because there's a bigger, Tampa's a big area. South Tampa where this office is, is a smaller area, but inside of South Tampa are pockets of really nice neighborhoods that are really nice areas, right? So you didn't have a listing in say Bayshore or Beautiful. You would print out the, everything in the areas of where you want it to go to be and then you would focus on just Bay Shore Beautiful. You'd take a listing in the office that was in the neighborhood that you wanted. You started calling the area and telling people about that piece of property because that created new listings in that marketplace for you. They raised your price point, which gave you your own things to do open houses for, which raised buyers into that price point. So I think for those, for those who are watching, I think that there was a very good strategy behind that. And it wasn't just random calls because random calls are hard to do anymore. Right. And it's just really niching down. So... 
Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what we would do. We would just find something that had recently sold, make sure we had all the details on it, because if people did ask us questions, we had to make sure we knew what the house, you know, the square footage, how many bedrooms, you know, what it sold for price per square foot. Um, and, you know, you got a lot of people that would hang up on you, but there was a lot of, there was a couple yeses in there. Um, I think the average was around, I think we figured it out one day, it was like 12 or 13 no's to finally get to a yes. Um, and I did get a lot of appointments that way. Um, I mean, I even got, I had one guy tell me not to even show up because there was an agent that had 20 years of experience and I still showed up and I got the listing. I remember that. <laughs> that's because he gave you the challenge and you were not going to lose because that's just your personality style, which is awesome. All right. So what else started working for you? Um, I would say door knocking works a lot. I think calling my past clients, once I started selling, I had, you know, a series of past clients that I could call, you know, um, I had a couple closings this month that were a referral from a past client. Um, I had one gentleman in the beginning of the year that I had sold a house to last year. He wanted to sell that house. And then he bought another house and his brother bought a house with me. So it just, once you start building a past client basis, it really, it kind of helps. It makes a big difference. And then your organizational skills have gone through the roof um, over the last couple of years. Oh, I said they're getting better. Yes, <laughs> they're getting better. <laughs> now, goals, let's talk about the, the title is Happy Agent, right? So rather than just shotgunning business and taking it here and there where you can get it and you're a little bit more deliberate about where you're getting business now, what are you doing this for? Like, what is, what's success in Susie's world? Like, what are the next levels that you're working towards right now? And then what's the strategy that we're working on to make sure that we get that? So I've been looking into investing into real estate, buying my own investment properties, building like a rental portfolio. I would like to build my own custom home. Um, so I was actually, that's part of my primary aim, which I've been, I was working on yesterday. Um, and just what it would look like, what my perfect home would look like, where it would be located. Um, so that's kind of my next level. Also, I've kind of started organizing my business where before I would, you know, if a client called me, they, I would be like, okay, I'll show up, you know, at any time. Whereas now, if I have time scheduled with my son or my family i'm like listen we can meet here or here at this time but i have something time blocked right there you know i already have an appointment where which has really helped focus you know what i'm doing this for is you know to have a good life with my family you know you know that's probably one of the biggest shifts and craig i know you and i talk about this a lot is when agents get to the point of realizing their value yep. right and what's happened to you is before that you would take whatever came because you had some type of a scarcity mindset that i don't know where the next one's going to come or if it's going to come so yes i'd like to do something with my son but that's a four hundred thousand dollar sale i'm taking the sale because i don't know when and where the other one's coming from right which is a natural fear factor based thing because that's just how the brain works 
until you get to the point where you're so confident in your ability that you're like, I know I can go get a deal this week. If I have to get another listing this week, I know how to do it. You know how to do it. You know how to call expires. You know how to call physicals. You know how to beat down doors. You know how to work your past clients. You know how to post social. You now are comfortable and you're confident and you're competent, which creates the abundance feelings rather than a scarcity feeling. So now it's just, you're not attached to the outcome. Because if you want to go and do something with your son and somebody says, that's the only time I can see houses, you're going to say, have fun. Let me give you to one of my colleagues because I just cannot make it during that period of time. And you're not fearful of losing that deal anymore. And then now, now that you actually know 99 out of a hundred times, they're going to say, okay, I'll wait for you because mm-hmm. the other benefit is they know that you have value because you've just shown you have value and you're in demand and you've got other things to do, which means you're not desperate. So which yep. kind of a scarcity effect on the buyers and the sellers and they want to actually work for you. So it's, it's interesting to watch that progression with agents. And once you realize the value, everything changes. So let's talk about your attraction strategy now. And before you're having to bang on doors and you have to go out there and actually put yourself out there. Now you're getting repeat referral business. Um, you're doing a little bit of reload business, which builds up your transaction as well. Now, why did you determine and when did you start playing with social? You're doing some fun things on, on it right now. Talk to us a little about what you're, why did you decide to really pick that up and what are you doing and how is it working for you? So I realized that I had a huge fear on social media and also with the COVID-19, you can't, nobody really wants you knocking on their door. Uh, I'm still going to knock on doors. It's just right now it's kind of on delay. So I was like, how else can I reach these people? You know, there's a bunch of people out there and they're sitting at home and what are they doing? They're scrolling through their phones. So what they have to see you, they have to see that you're still working and still selling and you can do things virtually. Um, and I've gotten a lot of positive feedback from it. And I've gotten a couple people reaching out to me and saying, Hey, you know, I am looking to buy a home, but you know, maybe in the future. And I was like, wow, this, I didn't know that that could happen through social media. I was so focused on, you know, what the usual stuff was, you know, I was so, I just felt like it was not my realm and I couldn't do it. And then I was like, well, let me see what I can post out there, but I want to do my personality. I want to like, I want to do funny stuff too, because I feel like that shows who I am. Well, that's the biggest shift I've seen with you. I think you, it's funny because when you would knock on the door, I think you would just be you. But when you thought about social, it was like, Oh, I have to be this buttoned up version of myself. And I can't let anyone know that you know who I am and that I like to have fun because you know for those of you that don't know Susie she is probably one of the funniest people you'll ever meet um you know she reminds me she's like the female version of Will Ferrell like you just never know you know she's probably gonna say something funny and random but you just never know but she is a great agent on top of it and so I think you were nervous that if you if you showed too much of the comedic side that no one would take you seriously Um, But the reality is those that know you know you're good at what you do. And I think you've started to find the balance of, hey, I can be myself. I can be funny. I can put these posts out there. But then I can balance that with a recent sold and, hey, I just helped these people and put some case studies out there that also say, hey, I like to have fun 
right? But I also know what I'm doing. Um, and so, you know, you're basically a tuxedo t-shirt, you know, you like to have fun, but you're formal at the same time. Um, so, you know, that's, uh, that's honestly though, it's been a major breakthrough for you. And I've seen, you know, it's cause social is something that needs to be layered in, right? Unless you're going to run Facebook ads and build out, build out a full funnel. Social is really not a main strategy for 99% of the people because they don't have the skill set to do that. But when they have your skill set and you're not afraid to go knock on doors and then you layer in that level of communication and being able to show yourself in a digital world too, you just have the ability now to go to a whole new place in your business. So I'm super excited for you, but you have done an excellent job recently. I've seen a, you've been very consistent and, mm -hmm. um, and putting out some funny stuff. So if you don't follow Susie, you need to. We'll put um, links to all of her platforms in the description below. So make sure you check that out. And what's funny about that, my wife's from Germany and every time um, Susie comes up in conversation, she's just, she starts laughing uh, with her name because your name in Germany, it's just a funny person, right? So, really? <laughs> yeah, so just by nature and that's just kind of instilled. And, and to tag on to what, what Puma's talking about, you finally realize that you don't have to be anything but you, right? And it's, it's an attractor repel. And your personality is like, I don't care if you don't like me, go, right? And then because, but you realize you have such a great following on social. The reason why is because they like you. They don't like a fake version of you. I mean, you have an inflatable duck on your bookcase for God's sakes, right? You're <laughs> a unique person, right? This is just you. So when they're gonna show houses with you, it's going to be a fun experience. You're, they're going to crack up. They're going to enjoy the process. But those people who don't like that will not be attracted to you. And you just don't care, which is fantastic because there's no reason if they call you, they're going to get you. And if they don't want you, they're never going to call you because you put you out there. And that's why you're starting to love this business so much even more now because those who are coming to you like you. And they are coming to you, not because of your stellar real estate knowledge, You've got amazing real estate knowledge, but they're coming to you because they assume you have great real estate knowledge because you're a licensed professional. You're with a great company. You got everything going for you there, but they like you and they want the experience of you. And then once you finally said, bring it on, here's what I am. Please scroll by if you don't like me, because if you're going to be a boring person that doesn't like my style, I don't want to spend that time with you. Right. And it's great. So that's, what's fun about it. So what are you working towards now? What are the next things? You got the house. You got a nice car. You've got nice savings. I know we're talking about investment properties and it's, it's kind of bite-sized. I remember we were talking towards when we were put, making that final award push at the end of the year, we were talking about why, right? Because you didn't have to do the extra business because you had enough money. You didn't really have to, but we were, I remember we were going on to the MLS. I said, let's go find a duplex. Let's find the best buy in a duplex right now. That's on the market. Call your lender, find out how much money you have to put down. And there's your goal. Right? And I think we came down as 40 something thousand bucks or something like that. So this is what I want to figure out with you is get to that point. Because I think what this last COVID scenario really brought out, and I bring this up every time and I'm going to, is I need to make sure that everybody that's watching is paying attention to stockpiling resources and cash that will get you through an unforeseen black swan crisis that may or may not come in the future, guys. I want you to have, you need to have six, eight months, nine months, a year worth of savings or liquidity that if something, God forbid, like this happened again and it was worse, that you could be okay, right? And we're so fortunate. You could throttle this thing down 
and in the month of June, which we're not in yet, you can go, you can go make 40 grand. You can go make 50 grand because you know how to do it. You would tailor your activities to a certain street or, or neighborhood or two or three, and you'd get out there and go do it. But, and you know how. But I want to make sure that this why becomes so big that when you have free time, you're going to do nothing but that. Because I really want everybody we're associated with, everybody in B3 Nation, the whole tribe that we have here, that's your why right now. Go stockpile cash because you can take advantage of opportunities when they come. You can buy some rental properties. Those things will pay for themselves with you. You can be sitting on liquid assets, buy some gold, buy some Bitcoin, do what you want to do with things that are liquid and just really start thinking about that investment side of that world. So with that aside, what else are some exciting things that you're working for? Well, I mean, I was trying to book a trip to Europe this year. Of course that was put on hold, but that's, one of my biggest things is I want to do a couple trips to Europe and I know it's not cheap. Um, and I would have to be able to take that time off. Um, and like I said, I do, I have been looking at purchasing a lot and building my own home, um, and just kind of making it a little bit bigger, making what I want. Um, those are pretty much my main goals right now. I, I love to travel. So, being able to do that and go to the places that I want to do are very important. And within the last couple of years, I've done some really cool traveling and I've done things that I didn't think I'd be able to do. So it's just gotten progressively better. Um, every year it's like, I, I feel like I can think just a little bit bigger. Like before you'd be like, Oh, well you're thinking small, you know, when you're traveling, you want the limo, you want the private jet. Like, that's ridiculous. But now I feel like I'm starting to get closer to that level of thinking where, you know, maybe he is right. Maybe he's not crazy. I could get a private jet and go to New Zealand, you know, and, and do something like that. I and, love and, that. Oh, I think that I want to <laughs> touch on something, though, too, because I know I'm in a similar boat. How much time – obviously pre-COVID, did you spend with your son on a, at a baseball field? Oh, let's see. I mean, sometimes it was 12 hours a day on Saturday and Sunday. And then practice was a couple hours twice a week. So almost 30 hours, maybe a week plus in the backyard, just practicing out there with him. You know, we had batting cages in our backyard making sure he was doing that a lot of time. But if you didn't do it, would you miss it? Have you missed it over COVID? I have. I've missed the games, but we still go in our backyard. I still make sure he hits off the tee. You know, we have a pitching machine. You know, he practices pitching. We have little, little weight sets that he can use to make sure he stays in shape. Um, but I miss the whole team sport going there and watching his team play and cheering them Absolutely. on. Absolutely. So, yeah, so the point I'm, the point I'm getting at, because I'm the same way, right? My, my son's travel team finally just started practicing again last weekend. Um, and so I'm, I'm pumped about that. But I think the point I want to make here is there are a lot of people that haven't hit your level yet. They're not thinking about the private jet yet. Um, but even those little things, right? Your ability to create a business that puts you in control to be able to say, you know what? I am going to spend 12 hours in Plant City 
at a travel tournament with my son because I love it. And I love being able to sit there and watch it uninterrupted without worrying about a sale falling through or anything else is a place that is not easy to get to, right? But it makes you happy and you've built a business that allows you to do it. So for a lot of people, and it doesn't have to be baseball, start with practicality. Start with what you really love to do. I love to be on a baseball field with my boys, right? So I have to do things that put me in a position that create the framework that allow that to happen starting with scheduling, right? I've got to make sure that I still have all the stuff I've got to get done, but I've got to get it done in a time frame that makes sense, which means some nights I stay up way later. Some nights, uh, some mornings I'm up super early, but that creates the framework that allows me to do the things that make me happy, right? And you're doing that too. And, and you've built a business that has allowed you to do that. So for those watching, that's what your business needs to be built around. It needs to be built around creating a framework that gives, allows you to do the things that really make you happy. And if that's buying a private jet and flying to Sweden, that's awesome. But it might just be being able to go to every single one of your kids' dance recitals. It might be coaching your kid five days a week, right? Whatever the little thing is too, that you might not be able to do unless you purposely build a, a business and create a schedule that allows you to do it. So I want to point that out too, because the big goals are big are awesome, but so are the little ones. Mm -hmm. And building a listing focused business is the one that gives you the flexibility because Correct. you don't drive the buyers around the buyers are coming to see your inventory. So that's another thing I know you've been spending some, some focus on there too. And um, it's great. It's all about the experiences. I'm just, I'm excited to watch the evolution of you because I remember the very, very beginning, the ISA version of you. Um, and then to see the one that you're, what you're doing now with the house you have and, the, and just the experiences and just the, the income that you have and the comfort that you feel um, to be know that you can provide for yourself and your family, it makes me proud to see you do that. So that's awesome. Is, is this year four or five right now? Um, almost year five. So two more months will be five years. Right. It's so, a long way to come in five years. Yeah, yeah, it is. And this is, I was just looking, I've been keeping track of how much money I've made each year. And this is the most money I've ever made. It's the most money I've ever been able to save in my life. And it's really, really exciting just seeing, I was even looking at my old vision boards and to see like my old vision boards and what I've done and how they progress too throughout the years. I was like, Oh my gosh, like now things are getting bigger and, and whatnot. I still have the little stuff on there too, but it's just crazy to see that evolution. Didn't you think we were crazy when we had you do a vision board? Yes. <laughs> Everybody does. But you walk to our offices and you'll see vision board, vision board, vision board, vision board. That's important. I think, I mean, I have it at, on my desk at work. I have it at my house. You know, I have a little mini one on my phone. So just to be able to constantly see it, it's just a reminder. It's, it's a reminder when the days are hot and you don't really feel like it, you realize that you really want to spend some time and build some experiences with your son. And, mm -hmm. you know, Maybe it is chartering a, a plane to go down to the Bahamas for a weekend. It might cost you an extra 10 grand, but so what? You know how to go to make an extra 10 grand. Go do it. Mm -hmm. right? but when it's exciting to you, you just go, you'll make it happen. That's what's so, guys, everybody watching, I want you to just take a second to be grateful that we're in an industry 
in an, in an area, in an economy, in an industry, right, that we have the ability to go pull an extra 50, 100 grand out this quarter if we're willing to go to work, right? We're lucky. We're very, 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 very fortunate to be able to do what we do. And I think sometimes we take that for granted. And, um, and then looking back at the vision boards, what were stretch goals for you three, four years from now are like, oh my God, I can't believe I was even questioning why I could do that. And now the stretch goals you think about today are going to be the same thing five years from now. The challenge that I see is most people don't take the time to even put the stretch goals out and therefore they never hit it because there's no reason to go do it because it's too hot, right? So you've done a very good job keeping yourself motivated towards things and um, for that, I think it's going to be a really great inspiration to those people who are watching on this today. So, excellent. So, parting thoughts from you, Susie, to those watching, those who are maybe struggling a little bit or know that they can do more, but they're just not, what would you tell them? Um, I would say don't be afraid to fail. I feel like um, I've failed a lot in this business. I'll look back and I'm like, oh, I didn't follow up with this person and they bought. Or I was really bad on the listing presentation they listed with someone else. But I, whenever those things happen, I reach out and I'm like, well, why did you choose the other agent? And I just try to get better and better. And I think that's really huge is just always keep growing. And, you know, like even with me in social media, I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. But I was like, you know what? I need to do this. It's going to help me, you know, just always feel like you can, you know, get better and grow and learn from other people. I learn from everyone. I think that's awesome. Very good. Craig, parting words? I, I just was thinking that she's got that little bit of tough New Yorker. I think it's probably a good benefit from you having that, that New Yorker in you, just to say what you just said. You know, It's okay to not win if you learn from it. And you're just such a strong person. We're so proud of you and glad to have you on, on the team. Very good. Thank you. Yeah, I, you know, obviously, Susie, I, I love you as an agent. I love you as a person. Um, but, you know, I think you're spot on. Don't be afraid to fail. I tell my kids all the time, you're either, you're either winning or learning, right? There is, there is actually no losing because they're still playing the game, right? And that's what I try and, and drive the passion is don't, don't play this game just for the outcome of winning. Play it because you love to play the game. And the fact that you got to play win or lose is a win in itself. And I think you've kind of developed into that and we've watched that evolution. And so, you know, I've personally referred business to you because I know that uh, I know they'll take care of you and I know you'll take care of them. So um, that's it. I love you. And uh, I'm so happy you're part of the team. Thank you. You said I love you like three or four times. Though. That's that's pretty cool. I do. I love that duck too. <laughs> it's okay. It looks like it's sitting on her shoulder. Like and a pirate. That one before it gets a little deeper into that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I had a century point meeting start 24 minutes ago. I need to jump in and see what our artificial intelligence unit is going to do. Do it. Awesome. Okay. Susie, thank you for taking time with us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Talk to you Bye. soon. One, 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 one shot. Now the future is yours.